Welcome to episode 39 of The Weekend Wire. JT, once again, joins us from his phone. You're up in, uh, where is it, Boston this time. And tonight yeah. tonight is a very special night. It is the NBA draft. Uh, it's still going on, actually. The uh, second round's just starting up as we're doing this. But what we're more interested in are the... Top few picks, um, you know, mostly top 15 picks. A couple of other ones scattered around there that could end up being pretty good players. But a lot of potential, uh, is it fair to say there are a lot of potential superstars in this draft? Yeah, I, I, I think Gotchich is he's the best player in the draft to me. Um, I'd agree with that. I like Jaron Jackson a lot. Oh, I don't know. I think he's. I I feel like Aiton and Bagley are kind of old school. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think that it's going to translate. Like, I don't see that translating as well. And so, um, I really like Sire Smith, Mikael Bridges, Lonnie Walker, Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox could be a really good one. Yeah. Uh, Bamba, I guess. Bamba, I'm iffy about. I didn't love him at UT. Um, well, I, I didn't love the idea of him going in the top five. He ended up falling just outside of it, uh, six to Orlando, I believe. Um, but he he's could turn out to be a really good pickup for Orlando. I don't know if he's really going to thrive in that organization, and they haven't really had a great history of developing uh, players in the recent few years so I don't know if that was the greatest possible destination for a player like Bamba but he's going to get a lot of playtime down there and he's going to get a chance to show his stuff right from the get go so that's at least exciting for him I don't really get the um, I don't get I guess Orlando is doing best player available but I don't I don't understand his fit on that team because they still have Vucevic yeah. and and they still have Bismack Biombo for two more years. That's true. Yeah, Biombo does have that awful contract. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't. But then you look at who else they could have drafted. I don't really know what the. I don't think Orlando had a great pick there. Um, if they're in the top five, I think then it kind of opens up your options a little bit. Then maybe maybe you go for a Trey Young, uh, as Dallas ended up picking for Atlanta at the number five spot, but, I mean, it was mostly bigs available that were really, that stood out, I think. Um, Colin Sexton, I thought, was one of the better players, in college at least. I don't know how great his game is going to translate over. Um, He wasn't a spectacular shooter. Uh, He went number eight to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and he could turn out to be a really, really good scorer in the NBA, Uh, but... Again, yeah, it might have been a bit of a stretch to maybe take him at six over guys like Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter. So, yeah, I think it was more of a case of they had to go with what's best on the table rather than going for fit at a spot like number six. Um, Yeah, I like that. And honestly, now that you say it, I think Wendell Carter might have been the best thing they could have done. Wendell Carter is going to be a very solid NBA player, I think. Um, he's He wasn't as impressive as Bagley was, 
What were you going to say? Uh, nothing. Just that I, I think that he would have been the best option there. Option there, yeah. I mean, I, I'd probably agree so with actually, you. Actually, I guess trade, at that point, I would say trading out of the pick. Yeah, but I, I don't know if they really had the interest in that pick, right? I, I'd never really heard about the Magic shopping that pick around or really anybody going for that number six pick because Bamba, as much as, like, he started picking up a lot of hype as we got closer to the draft, but I don't know if anybody would have really been willing to give up that much for the number six pick, especially when you didn't really know what was going to happen in that top five because that top five wasn't quite set um, until right as we led up to the draft. Um, And you didn't really know who was going to be available at number six. So I don't know if that was the greatest, just like pick position-wise, it wasn't that ideal for this draft because you end up going with, I mean, both, even with Wendell Carter, I think it's still... You, you see the potential, but you're going to have to work a lot with both of those guys to unleash that potential to me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think I would agree with you that Carter might have been the better choice, but Bomba does bring better defensive ability right off the bat. So that might have played into it. Yeah, I, yeah, I could go either way on that one. Yeah. Um, I, I do think why they did that, though, is because I think most everyone assumed they were getting Trey Young. I mean, yeah, that's what Woj leaked this top six players, the top six picks that he thought were going to happen. Yeah, like a couple hours before the draft, it was it was Aiton, Bagley, Doncic, Jackson, Bamba, and Young. Yeah, so he kind of like Trey Young going third. Or I don't know if the trade was agreed to. Uh, if you're listening, you don't know what we're talking about. Doncic was traded um, to the Mavs for Trey Young and another pick. So yeah, Doncic is now first. going to Dallas and Trey Young's going to Atlanta. So I don't know if it was one of those things where Atlanta's like picking for Dallas or Dallas is picking for Atlanta. I don't remember, but um, yeah. I think that kind of threw it out of whack. Yeah, I think that kind of shook up a lot of... It definitely wasn't expected. I don't know. I was a little bit surprised with how highly Atlanta valued Trey Young. Um, he, I mean, he he's, has the potential to be a superstar. Um, you know, he could be a Steph Curry sort of player, but... I don't really understand what you're gonna do with him. You still have Schroeder, Schroeder rather on on your lineup. You don't really have a team that's gonna contend for a few years. So I don't know why you wouldn't try to go for a Doncic that's immediately gonna bring fans to the seat for sure. Uh, makes your team a lot better, and in a really weak East that's been pretty unpredictable for the last few years. You know, who knows where they end up. I don't think they'd contend for a playoff spot, but with how good Doncic could end up being, I think they would have been better to stick with Doncic rather than go for Young and whatever ends up being that future first-round pick. Yeah, and I think the fit the fit would be there with Atlanta too because yeah, 
Who's their starting two guard? I'm pretty sure it's Kent Bazemore. It's Bazemore right now, yeah. He's above average. Keep Tarian Prince at the three and Schroeder at the one. Mm-hmm. And you have John Collins. I mean, that's you're tanking, but it's super young. It's a super young team. For yeah. The Dodgers thing, I mean, I said this to you already before. Um, he would have been, he's the best player in the draft to me. Um, I just think the his resume is better if you look at he won the EuroLeague MVP mm-hmm. uh, which is better than the NCAA the EuroLeague is by yeah. the way and he won that MVP at age 19 I'm pretty sure they won the championship yeah, they if did. I remember correctly um, he's a 6'8 great passer mm-hmm. who could shoot the only knock on him is um, well really there's two one, that he's not extremely athletic, and the yeah. other being that uh, these European players sometimes have this stigma, which is kind of appropriate. Like, it's kind of valid sometimes, like Andrea Bargiani. And Darko Milicic, I think, is the other one, yeah. Um, but, I mean, at but the same time... Different. Like, he's like 6'8", 230 or something. Like, yeah. He's not like he's a twig. Yeah, the the one thing that really, like, you know, people were talking kind of about the athleticism, and yeah, that, that's definitely not there, and when you look at some of the other players in the draft, when you look at what you think of as your normal point guard, even like a Ben Simmons, who's kind of in the similar mold, Simmons is a lot more, uh, you know, I think he's a lot more fluid, he's a lot more athletic, but at the same time, Doncic has the physicality already, at least it looked like to me on most of the highlights I've seen and stuff that I've seen from him is that he has the physicality to fit right into the NBA right away. Right, this isn't a guy... He's playing against grown men in the EuroLeague, too. Yeah. They're not 19-year-olds. Right, and that's where I think, like, a guy like Trey Young, he's going to get bullied right out of the bat in the NBA. Like, this is these aren't college kids that he's going to be playing against in Atlanta. Like, Trey Young coming up against a seven-foot big man in the NBA is a lot different from, you know, your 6'8 guy in the Big 12. So I don't I don't really understand it, and you're banking a lot on the fact that he is just going to be lights out from three. Do you think it was a big mistake for the Kings to pass on Doncic and take Bagley? Because I think it is. I think that it was a mistake. I don't think that it was as bad of a mistake as some people might make it out to be. I think Bagley's a very, very good player. I was really high on him all year long at Duke. Um, He really, like, the stuff he was doing at Duke, some of the numbers he was putting up, um, especially, like, some of the second-half numbers he was putting up were just incredible. So I don't think that the pick was necessarily bad, but when you have a guy like Doncic on the table, I found it really surprising that they would pick a guy like Marvin Bagley over him. So, uh, yeah. Short answer, yeah. I guess, yeah, it was a bit of a mistake um, for the Kings to pass on. Especially with, I mean, I, from all I all that I had heard leading up to the draft, it felt like Divac was really high on Doncic. So, that one really surprised me, that the Kings would pass on him. Yeah, I 
break. Take a break. All right, we're going to take a quick break. JT is going to fix up some stuff, and we'll be right back in a second. And we're back from the little break. JT is back with us. And I guess let's move on to talk about the top pick. We haven't really mentioned Aiden yet. Yeah. All right. So, um, did you think, did you, as a Suns fan, do you think that he's a slam dunk? To, like, do you think that that's like a... Because I don't know. I mean, I, I get the feeling that it's not like like they they knew they knew what they were gonna do pretty much a week before the draft, and then like they did it. But I don't. I feel like I still would have drafted Doncic because I'm just super high on him. I'm. I mean, I'm ag- I'm in agreement with you there that uh, I like Doncic a lot, and I think that passing on Doncic in a draft like this isn't as bad as in other drafts, but passing on him is still a mistake uh, no matter who you end up picking up. Uh, is Aiton going to be a really, really good player? I think so. Uh, is Aiton going to be a player that will mesh really well with Booker, um, Peyton, and Josh Jackson and the little core that we already have going on in Phoenix? I think so. But at the same time, I think having a really creative playmaker like Doncic would have helped Booker and Jackson be able to grow their game a lot more. Uh, Part of it might have been the fact that we literally just picked up Alfred Payton this year. We want to see how he develops, but I don't really see the same kind of creative playmaking ability from Payton that is going to be coming from Doncic right out of the gate. Uh, and I think especially in this era of basketball, it almost feels like we went backwards uh, when all the other teams are kind of going forwards and we're kind of straying away from the small ball and trying to impose our own style on things, which might end up working out for us. Uh, you know, we have guys that can shoot, but and it's not like Doncic was a great shooter either. But at the same time, I don't, and you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, I just don't know how Aiton is going to fit into the NBA. Like the modern NBA, he can shoot, but he's not an exceptional stretch big. I don't think it would really make sense for us to try and use him as a stretch big in most situations. So given all that, and given the fact that we don't really have any sort of elite playmaker on the team... I don't know how great um, a situation with Booker and Aiton and Jackson Jackson being our core is going to work out. I think, yeah, I mean, time's going to tell. This season's not really going to be that indicative of what is eventually going to happen down the road. But I don't know if you saw Aiton's pre-draft comments, but he was talking about how he just wants to get to that second contract. And for a guy to be... 
this money oriented already in his NBA career, like before it even yeah, starts. This little Carmelo. Yeah, like, yeah. I didn't. I didn't love those comments. Um, I. It made me I a little bit more that. worried. Kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, he, he was like, the first thing, well, it wasn't the first thing, but it was like one of the uh, last things he actually said right before the draft was that uh, the biggest, like the best form of success to him or something would be to be able to get to a second contract, um, or that he's like, th- that's the only thing he's like really thinking about right now, something like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't really, I don't know if he knows what that means, I don't know if I'm interpreting it the right way, but... To me, it kind of seems like he's in it for the money. I think that's how it came off to a lot of people. And that is a little bit worrying at the end of the day. Well, you know he got paid $100,000 in Arizona. So yeah, yeah. He's got an acceptable taste. Yeah. So he's... I mean, again, like I can't blame him for chasing the money. Um, but at the end of the day, like... We we need a guy that's going to be fully committed to us, and I don't know if Aiton is the guy that's going to be fully committed to us, whereas with a guy like Doncic, it really seemed like he had a real good head on his shoulders, and he seemed like he was already a little bit more mature in a sense than Aiton, and really honestly like any other player in the draft. So that... Yeah, that there are some worrying things about Aiton, but at the end of the day, like the guy is, guy is huge. The guy can score, um, and he he proved that he could score at the college level. He's, you know, he's not. I don't think he'll end up being as great of a defender as like a you know a Bomba is going to end up. Um, and Embiid already started calling out Aiton like, oh, like yeah, you know, don't start comparing me to Aiton. Uh, you know, I play defense, but. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that all pans out because he's definitely got the skill set to be a great defender. Yeah, he's good on switches and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think um, I really think the best pick of at least the top ten uh-huh. was Jaron Jackson is a Grizzly because I think even if you play, you can play Gasol and him together. That's very true. You know that their own, their owner is does not want to tank. He wants to retool. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he's like he envisions them as maybe becoming a fifty win team. I'm not saying that'll happen, but I do. And as a Pelican fan in the Southwest Division, this makes me a little scared. But um, mm-hmm. playing Gasol and having Gasol be the Center. They play this five-out kind of style, and on defense, they have Gasol guard the power forward. Okay. And they have playmake on offense, even though he's playing the five. Right. They have Jaron Jackson protecting the rim, and he can also shoot threes, and I think that's pretty deadly. Yeah. No, there's definitely a... There's a lot of potential things that Memphis could run with a guy like Jaron Jackson. Um, it de- it opens up their offense a lot more, I think, and I, it, it's still going to depend a lot on how healthy Conley is next year, um, to how good they end up being. But if if they play this right and if Conley is healthy all year, then that Memphis team could be really dangerous next year. Um, what did you you um your team traded? Uh, Zaire Smith. Yeah. 
and a future first-round pick for Macau Bridges, a move that I really didn't understand on Philly's part. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty good for y'all, I think. I, I like the trade for us. Um, Bridges is a guy that I liked a lot um, in college, and he's definitely going to help, I think, a lot more right out of the gate than Zaire Smith. Uh, then again, like I didn't see a lot of Smith in college, so I can't make as great of a judgment on him. But, I mean, f- initial response to the trade definitely seems positive for more positive for us than Philly. Uh, and, yeah, I don't really... I didn't fully understand it either from Philly's point of view. Like, they got a kid that grew up loving Philly, whose mom works for the organization, um, whose mom was obviously very happy, and the fans seemed really happy that Bridges was drafted by Philly, and to trade him away right on draft night, like right at, what was it, like minutes after, not minutes, but like, you know, a few, I think it was half an hour-ish after they drafted him, you're already giving him away. And that move just did, it didn't really make sense to me. Um, I don't get it because um, Zaire Smith is a non-shooter. Mm-hmm. And that's the last thing that Philly needs if they're going to keep this Ben Simmons thing rolling <laughs> with him finding open shooters, which is what works for them best. And yeah. Zaire Smith is just a, he's not a good shooter. Yeah, and Bridges... That's exactly what Mikhail Bridges is. Yeah. Mikhail Bridges is basically a better Robert Covington. Uh-huh. So, that's, that's, I don't understand why they did that. Yeah. It's, it's very odd. Do you think the, the Suns had the best draft? Because, I mean... I mean, so far... I think, I think either the Suns or the Mavericks, but I think Luke is just a fine dunk. I think the Mavs one, the Mavs definitely look like they are ready to jump right back into contending next year. Not not contending, I shouldn't say that. Hey, whoa. But playoffs, playoffs. Um, and with a coach like Carl- Carlisle, you never know how high um, a guy like Doncic could take him. So I think, yeah, Dallas from that perspective, I think definitely got the best end of the draft. Um, they also picked up Jalen Brunson in the second round. Oh, did they? Yeah. I didn't see that. So, if you're a Dallas fan, I think you got to be loving this draft right now. But, uh, as a Suns fan, I'm not that disappointed myself. Um, we'll, we'll see how Aiden pans out, but even, even outside of Aiden, I think Mikhail Bridges is a great pickup for us. I think what we gave up for him is totally fine. And that, to me, for an organization that's looked like it's been a bit lost in terms of drafting and uh, developing players for the last few years, this definitely seems to be on the right track. And we have the coach in place now for a good rebuild at this point. So I, I think that the Suns direction definitely turned from this draft, uh, but yeah, I, I think Dallas might have ended up getting the steal of the draft, being able to get Doncic, um, essentially with the fifth pick, um, and being able to trade that up with Atlanta. So we'll see how 
we'll see how good Doncic ends up being though, because we, we we're both really high on him. But you know, it, it's been it's happened before that European players haven't quite panned out. So we'll see. Well, they have panned out for Dallas. That's and, true. Um, I do think that the trading trading for Luka Doncic is like the best move the Mavericks have made in maybe six years. Arguably, yeah. Like, can you think of anything else? Like, really, they just strike out a free agent and like sign Curry. Yeah, I mean, they always end up getting some of those players that no one else really wants. Um, you know, they, they ended up with, like, what, Chandler Parsons a few years ago. Um, they've had, yeah, like, you know, Seth Curry. They got, I mean, they had that one glimmer of hope in Yogi Ferrell, but that never really panned out into anything. Um, so, yeah, I think this is, ever since Dirk kind of started going way downhill and they won that championship, and ever since then, this... This is probably the highest point, I think, for that franchise. And if you're if you're a Dallas fan tonight, I think you're going to be definitely celebrating, uh, no matter what happens next year, because you guys they have a really good core for years and years into the future now. One of my good friends, uh, Joseph Garson, is a Mavs fan, uh-huh. and he might be joining us next week. By the way, okay, uh, little teaser there, but uh, also. Jeremy Wu, our old guest from back on episode <laughs> Jeremy just announced the Lakers pick. Or it was eight minutes ago, but who did they pick? Isaac Bonga. I don't know. Isaac Bonga. I don't know Isaac Bonga. Yeah. Yes, ESPN has Isaac Bonga going to the Seventy Sixers. That's weird. Maybe they- I don't know. Um, huh. I don't know. Uh, that's what it says. Oh, uh, I, I, I guess I guess the Lakers got the 76ers pick. I think uh, yeah, ESPN probably doesn't update as much, so I would trust Twitter would, more than I trust ESPN right now. What were you gonna say? Um, speaking of reporters. Woj and Shan have been going back and forth, but it's pretty clear that Woj won. Yeah. basically stopped stopped tweeting after, like, pick number 23. Woj was just beating them to everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're doing this weird uh, thing now. So last year, they would... Both of them were, like, two picks ahead. Yeah. Like, the whole draft. They were just just leaking the, the pick before it showed up on TV, and they're not allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. But they they still do it. They just use this weird language, like they're. Rose will say like, sources, Portland has a laser on whoever they picked, and like yeah. Charlotte is focusing on Shy Gilgos Alex Alexander. Like yeah, because they just substitute these words in that aren't like select and choose and pick. Mm-hmm. So they find this, they found this loophole. It's pretty funny. And they yeah, just, they're like. They're using all these different verbs, but at least they did for round one. Yeah, no, they're still, they've been doing it for a while now. And, I mean, yeah, it, whenever they say something, like, it happens, so it's, uh, yeah. it definitely is, uh, 
they they've got around that little loophole and like even when uh woj went on tv and they like call him in like he'll say stuff like that and you know it's gonna end up happening so it's uh yeah it's a little funny games that they end up playing one thing i did notice was that shams actually beat woj i think to the phoenix trade but but when shams put it out there he said it was straight smith for bridges and then woj tweeted out i think it was a couple minutes later but he had the fact that there was that uh i think it was like a conditional first round pick or the feature first whatever it was yeah yeah and so woj actually had the full trade on it but shams like actually beat him to it this is like a weird little thing um but yeah i mean they're 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 competitive too i'm sure so they're trying yeah. to one-up each other all night long. And then you got all the yeah. other... Oh, I, I was going to say, then you got all the other like NBA Twitter accounts that just kind of like copy out whatever those two say like a minute oh, yeah. after. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the rest of the draft has been fairly uneventful. Uh, one thing that did happen, pick number 14, Michael Porter Jr. I don't know how I felt about this one. I I don't know if I liked it for Denver. Seems like a risk. I, I'm kind of surprised he fell that far. I really there was some root. He was going to fall to twelve, and like a, a lot of like last week and this week, he was like bolt at seven was what he was going to go. But uh huh. Did you want him to go higher? Sorry, what? Did you like I? I say want, but did you think he deserved to go higher? Do you think teams are going to miss out on him? No, I really don't. Mm-hmm. Because I think back problems are a huge deal. And yeah. I don't think, also don't think he should be comparing, he should be comparing himself to Katie and Giannis either. But he did? That's the point. Um, yeah, as far as trades go, it was... Other than the Dodgers one, it was fairly light. Um, yeah. One thing that did nothing happened with Kawhi, and I'm kind of surprised we, we didn't talk about this yet. I think this this news happened like right after we recorded last week. But um, in case you're living under a rock and you haven't heard already, uh, Kawhi officially wants out. Yeah. Of San Antonio, uh, preferably the Lakers. Um, the Knicks and the Clippers are a possibility. Are a possibility. The Kings were a possibility. Now I'm not so sure because seems like a, already happened. Yeah, it seems like uh, a bit Celtics of a stretch now. Um, I, I mean, did you think this was going to happen? Because I, I was kind of shocked when this happened. I really, I really thought they were going to ride it out for another year. Um. I mean, I, I'm still not 100% convinced that they're going to end up trading him because um, everything we hear out of that camp, like, it just seems so so weird. It doesn't really feel like 100% of Kawhi. Like, it feels like it's his camp that's doing all this. And then yeah, on the, his uncle. Yeah. His uncle is all over it. Yeah. And then on the other side of it, then you got this, like, Spurs whatever you hear out of the Spurs, it's kind of like, oh, like, they're still trying to work it out. Like, they want to hear it from his face. Like, you know, he, you hear these, like, crazy little quotes, like, oh, Popovich wants him to, like, look him in the eye and tell him 
um, you know, and yeah. stuff like that. And it's 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 so unspurs like, and it's just so. Even if it wasn't the Spurs, it's just kind of a weird ordeal overall. And I don't like. For all we know, like the yeah, off season might pass, and they might just decide to keep him. You know, and I don't. It's highly unlikely, but maybe they work something out, or maybe Kawhi is just like, all right, like I'm done with my camp. Um, and it's still very early in the off season, so it's it's tough to say what's gonna happen with that. I think draft night was probably the biggest time to trade him. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a little bit surprised that the Spurs didn't end up doing anything. But they, they ended up having a pretty decent draft themselves. Um, yeah. They, they ended up getting Lonnie, Lonnie Walker. Walker. Yeah, the Lonnie Walker pick. I think we both really like that pick. Uh, I think he's going to be a really, really good player for Popovich. And even outside of that, um, you know, I think they're not – I don't think they're going to regret not trading Kawhi at the draft. I think whatever deal they end up getting is going to be fine. Um, and I'm not surprised that they're wanting to hold off on it a little bit longer because it, it it would be almost more on Spurs like to kind of try and pull the trigger right away this early, uh, this early in the summer. Well, if I'm the Celtics, um, first of all, actually, before I even get into that, um, I think we really set Kawhi off and I've been, a lot of other people have said this, but I'm just going to take you back on it. That um, once Parker and Ginobili were like, basically, were like, yeah, he's taking it. Yeah. He was like really pissed off. Mm-hmm. And I, Kawhi and Pop have had a couple meetings. There was one last week that was had a lot of conflicting reports, but basically they met in San Diego and yeah, talked to at a restaurant or something. And um, but anyway, the I wouldn't. If I'm the Celtics, I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. No. Why not? Because if it, it I mean, if they're asking for Brown or Tatum, I wouldn't do it. Even Brown. Tatum, I understand. Yeah. Honestly, like, cause you know, it's gonna be Brown in like three first round picks. I. That might be worth it for them. And some other salary. It, it depends on when they think their championship window is. Because if they want to beat, if they want to beat Golden State in the next couple of years, then they need a Kawhi or like a LeBron or somebody of that level, or for the Warriors to implode. I agree, but I also think, which scares the shit out of me, but I think they're looking for Anthony Davis still. That if that somehow works out, that would be. Like Meg Danny Ainge, executive of the decade. Like um, that would that's that's why I think they're kind of holding with a lot of these. I mean, they could have traded for Paul George, they could have traded for Blake Griffin, could have traded for Jimmy Butler. I don't I know think if that's, they have to. I think they have a plan in place, uh-huh. and they're trying to stick to it. And I don't think Kawhi is part of the plan because basically they might think they have a a miniature Kawhi, maybe not. Definitely not on good uh, as good on defense as Jalen Brown, but Jalen Brown's already better than Kawhi was at this point, at the same point in his career on right. offense, and he's still on his rookie contract and all that. And uh-huh. Kawhi has the injury issues, and Kawhi just played nine games in the season when he 
might have been able to play all 82. So yeah. I, I just think there's a lot of red flags there, and I don't think you should take that risk if it was all big. That's fair. Um, I think... I, I still don't necessarily agree that Brown... Losing Brown and a few first-round picks would be that bad for Boston. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, it just depends on how long you're willing to wait for Brown and Tatum to develop into players that are at the same level as Kawhi. Because, yes, like, Brown, is he ahead of the curve when it comes to being as good as Kawhi? I think so. And Tatum definitely, offensively, has a very refined game already, as we saw in the playoffs. Tatum's ridiculous. Tatum might be the best player in the league in, like, three years. It's very possible. Yeah, like, everyone talks about Ben Simmons. You can talk about Donovan Mitchell. But Tatum is the real deal when it comes to offense, like, creating for himself at an efficient level. Tatum is by far the best in his class, for sure. Um, And he might be out, like, even next year. I don't know how big of a jump he can make in one summer. But considering how good he already is, he might be the second best player on the Celtics next year. Like, as early as next year. Which is wow, just... that's it, great to think about, but it's yeah, true. It's just scary how they were able to pick that kind of talent up at the number three spot. Um, but, I mean, that, that there you go. You know, Celtics are have the plan in place. And so, yeah, I mean, from that perspective, I think it makes sense for them to pass on Kawhi. Maybe if they go, if if they get Anthony Davis, great. Even if they don't, I think they're in such a good place already that they know that next year, as long as there isn't another super team that's formed in the East, their path to the finals should, in theory, be fairly easy. Yeah. So, I think, yeah, for well, With the Lakers, um, the Lakers, I mean, Spurs have said that they don't want Lonzo in any trade. Yeah. Because I guess they don't want to deal with all of those art stuff. And, and I mean, the, so, they pick up Lonnie Walker anyway, so. Yeah, now you're looking at, like, Brandon Ingram and Luol Deng, something of that nature, mm-hmm. maybe a couple picks here and there. Um, I kind of don't... I kind of don't like that for the Spurs. I don't I don't like taking on Deng's contract. Yeah. Taking on Deng's contract, I think, is a loss immediately for the Spurs. Ingram's good, but... And, he, like, I, I have no doubt that Ingram's going to become really, really good as a Spur. But if they're... And, like, especially with the way that Popovich... I think he already stated, right, officially that he's going to retire in a few years? I think... Wait, what was the question? I think, like, Popovich already stated that he's going to retire... What was it, like, by 2020, something like that? Yeah, sometime within the next two or three years. Yeah, and so if, if that's happening, then I don't understand trading for a really young prospect that's a bit raw at this point and a bad contract. And I think they're probably better off either trying to go really aggressively in free agency, maybe after Paul George or something like that, or just trying to maybe even 
trade with the Clippers because the Clippers, like, if they're willing to offer up, you know, Tobias Harris, and you had this is the trade that you made, you know, Kawhi for Harris and maybe Beverly. The pick didn't happen, so maybe it doesn't happen anymore. But the pick did happen. Um, I forget what they got out of the two picks. Uh, I can check it. They got. Miles Bridges and Jerome Robinson. Okay. Robinson. Yeah. I mean, I like. Obviously, I don't like that as much now that they can't control what the pick is. But yeah, because I, I don't think that's going to happen anymore. But um, I do think if they could pull it off with the Celtics, but they're getting Hayward back, that would be crazy. And this would be even a more cold. Hearted move than for the Celtics than trading Isaiah Thomas was. Oh God, yeah. But I mean, I kind of like that for both teams. Yeah, I mean, it just depends on how much. I I don't know if Boston's ready to give up on Gordon Hayward yet. Um, plus, like with both of them coming off an injury, you don't you don't necessarily know how great Kawhi is going to be. And if his, especially if his defense is hampered because of the injury, then I think that kills a lot of the value, especially in a trade. Like if you're talking about giving back Gordon Hayward, the offense that Hayward can put up is very, you know, he's one of the more underrated players in the league. Um, So I don't know if... That might almost make a little bit more sense for the Spurs to go for rather than the Celtics. Yeah, I, I do too. So, I mean... I think the, some of these teams that are maybe thinking about taking Kawhi on a one-year flyer, I just don't get it, even though... I mean, the example is already is obviously Paul George. Yeah. Basically saying he's going to sign in L.A., and that's what Kawhi's basically saying now, yeah. but um, there's been some stuff about Paul George maybe staying on the Thunder, so I don't know. Like, obviously the two guys aren't the same person, but I think maybe the idea of a one-year flyer seemed more appetizing to some of these teams. I, don't, mm. I just don't know who the team is. Like, Miami, maybe. I don't know what their cap is like, but... I don't think um, their cap's very good right now. Um... Here's something the Cavs. This this is this is reported. This is legit. The Cavs did offer the eighth pick and Kevin Love for Kawhi Leonard. Wow! But as we saw, the eighth pick turned into Colin Sexton, and the Spurs already drafted uh, Lonnie Walker. They're planning to play Lonnie Walker at the two, which they the might. Doesn't really make sense anymore. But I think I think that's kind of a good trade for. I think with the, with these this Kawhi situation, I think it's just gonna if they don't trade him, it's just gonna be kind of like a cancer to their team in next year. And I just, don't, yeah. I just think they should either go full rebuild or <laughs> try to retool a little bit with Kevin Love and Aldridge playing just complete five out small ball sort of. Well, I mean, you, you could still keep Aldridge on the inside. He's more of a traditional big in that sense. Um, yeah, yeah, actually. So, I mean, yeah, it almost works out. Defensively, it's kind of, mm, but offensively, it could definitely do wonders for that team. 
Um, and and they need they need a shooter. Uh, the Spurs kind of need someone that can create offense. And Kevin Love and Colin Sexton both tick those boxes. But at the same time, with the Lonnie Walker pick and with what they could potentially get out of Kawhi, I think it's probably smarter of them to wait and see what other teams are willing to give up rather than, again, just trying to pull the trigger right away and then maybe ending up with a bad deal that, you know, later on in the summer they end up regretting. Um, so I don't I don't really mind the Spurs waiting on this, but I would have to agree with you that, yeah, if they keep Kawhi this summer, <laughs> I don't know how great that works. Like, unless he relents on his side, I don't know how great that works out. Um, and Pop's not going to take that kind of shit either. So Yeah, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think so either. Yeah. Um, a couple, two interesting things before we have to go, but... Um, Last two things I want to talk about. One of them is there's this report that the Sixers almost traded the 10th and the 26th pick and Markel Fultz for top five pick. That's crazy. And they were looking at Michael Porter Jr. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like the ghost of Ken Hinky looking at injured big men. But <laughs> I, I guess Porter's not really a big man, but injured players. I just don't yeah. look at that trade. I mean, Fultz is Fultz is a good player, possibly. Yeah, like, I think he's I think Fultz is a better prospect on his own than Porter. Yeah, I don't know why you would trade away. And like, I don't know why trade away that many picks. Yeah, like I, I got straight out of high school. The hype that Porter had was legit, and like in high school, he was tearing people up. But we never saw him play against proper college defenses. So exactly, I, it's such a shot like in the dark. Because injury report too. But. Yeah, yeah, and that's worrying too. Like, I mean, you don't know how bad the injury is. You don't know how he actually plays against college players. Um, so it's a complete shot in the dark to me to take Porter and for Denver to take that kind of risk. I think is fine in the situation that they're in. They either lucked into a you know generational player at the 14th pick, or it's you know, who else were we going to get? Like, you know, were we going to get a Smith or a, you know, DiVincenzo or something like that? So it's worth a shot in the dark for them. But oh, yeah, did DiVincenzo get drafted yet? Do you know? Yeah, he got drafted uh, 17th. Ooh. Milwaukee. Ooh. I think well, like Bledsoe might be on his way out. Is on his way out. <laughs> I'll go ahead and change that one. So. Who is? Bledsoe. He's got to be out. There's no way he stays. I'll be very surprised if they keep him. Um, there's something else, too. This is something I came up with. So, Mavs have interested Boogie finding him this summer. Now, keep in mind that it's the Mavs, and <laughs> they want, almost got... Um, DeAndre Jordan to sign with them, but instead Mark Cuban was driving around downtown LA and Chris Paul and Blake Griffin had locked Jordan in his house. Um, <laughs> get him to re 
side of the Clippers, and they also they struck out on Dwight Howard, they struck out on Hassan Whiteside. So keep all of those things in mind. Yeah. But there is real interest there. Uh-huh. I don't think the Mavericks are interested in tanking. Uh-huh. Um, and if there is some way where the Pelicans could sign and trade Boogie or Ochik, I don't think it's possible, maybe not plausible. Uh-huh. I think that would be great. I would lose it. <laughs> You're that high on Doncic? <laughs> yeah. Just uh-huh. place each one more with Luka Doncic. <laughs> that team's insane at that point. <laughs> Pretty great. But would you have the shooting? Would you have enough shooting? Because you, you still got Rondo on your team. Actually, it's just let Rondo walk and then just uh huh like Doncic's play point I don't know whatever <laughs> um Pelicans just drafted Tony Carr I is it bad that yeah. I don't know our, our second round pick did play last year he broke his foot oof. so I don't have high expectations um <laughs> oof who this is interesting this is how we're gonna end it who do you think is going to be the Donovan Mitchell of this draft and it has to be a player that was drafted after the tenth pick. After the sixth pick? Tenth. After the tenth? Um, yeah. I think I think the Hornets are getting a good player from Gilgis Alexander. Uh, I don't think it's a Donovan Mitchell type, but Gilgis Alexander is going to be really solid. Uh. Lonnie Walker is going to surprise a lot of people in San Antonio. And I don't know if he's going to... Like, again, like, Donovan Mitchell set a very, very high bar this year. So, I yeah, don't... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, it, again, like, you know, some of these players might make very big impacts. But, yeah, again, like, Lonnie Walker, I don't expect him to be dropping 20 first season with the Spurs. Oh, like, I don't know. Like, the Malcolm Brogdon of this year. Yeah, I mean, like... There are a lot of candidates for that, man. Um, if I if I had to pick just one, uh, that's tough. That's really really tough. Because there are some guys that went in the second round that could very well turn into really good players too. Um, like Hamadou Diallo just went fifteenth in the second round to the Nets. Uh, I really like Svi Mikhailuk in college, and he could light it up from outside. Um, so if he gets an opportunity to just be a shooter, and he got picked by the Lakers, if he gets an opportunity to just be a shooter with the Lakers, you know, like he could end up being a really like dark horse um, player in this draft. But yeah, I mean, if I had to go with just one, I think it has to be after the twelfth pick or tenth pick, rather. Yeah. Yeah, I think I gotta. I think I gotta stick with Lonnie Walker on this one. All right, I have a couple candidates. Okay. First being Zaire Smith. Uh huh. I just, I always liked him. Yeah. I always thought he would. I always, I always accused why he wasn't projected higher. Uh huh. He's just been an unbelievable athlete. Kind of, I think like, not on the level of what MKG was, but like. That's kind of the prototype. Right. 
more athleticism, maybe not as amazing on defense, but that's kind of what I was seeing him as. Um, I think Donnie Don DiVincenzo. Uh-huh. Just because, um, I mean, Michigan was really throwing everything they had at him in the title game. He scored 31 off the bench. I think that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, He's kind and, of a wild card in this draft. Damn, I had I had one. I forgot. Let's see. Um, Grayson Allen? <laughs> no, it's not Grayson Allen. Uh, damn, okay, I forgot. I'm not going to remember. Okay. There's some guy I liked in college a lot. Didn't come out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, maybe Malik Newman from him if he gets drafted. That's kind of a, that's like a way a long shot, but like uh-huh. um, that guy and uh, I'll go Omari Omari Spellman for Atlanta. I had some other guy that I forgot. Uh huh. Yeah, Spellman. I don't think I saw too much of Spellman in college, so I don't really know how good he is. Um, because I never ended up watching that many Villanova games this year in general, so I don't know. But I think those are all really good shouts. Um, I I definitely agree with you that um, DiVincenzo, I think, is the biggest wild card at the draft. Um, especially on a team like the Bucks, I think he could make an impact right out right out of the gate. So we'll see how that right. is. Win. Our next episode. When will you be on July first, midnight? July first, midnight. I am going to be sleeping because I'm flying out the next day to Europe. July first. I'm flying out July second. Yeah. But. But what time is that? I don't know. It's like in the morning sometime. I can probably still do a podcast. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we can count on uh, July first. That should be fine. July first, either very very late on June thirty first or June thirtieth, whatever day it is. I don't know. Yeah. Or July first midnight, we will have a podcast. Okay. LeBron, Kawhi, Paul George, Boogie, <laughs> Marcus Smart, pick your poison. We're doing it. Yeah. One of those players is not quite like the other. Joseph Garson, maybe. Might be on. interest. Okay. We haven't had a guest in a long time. He might be coming on uh, next season, actually. He might become another host. Oh. Okay. So, anyway, look out for him. There we go. Um, I haven't seen... Interesting. I'm in, I'm in Boston... Haven't seen all the. I haven't seen anyone wearing a Celtics jersey yet. Huh. I don't like that. And the only two Celtics like apparel stuff I've seen is a Larry Bird shirt. Okay. And a Kendrick Kendrick Parkinson's shirt. Huh. Anyway. Wow. I'm tired. I ate ate a ridiculous amount of Italian food. (laughs) You gotta get some sleep. Huh? You gotta get some sleep. Yeah. Are you visiting Harvard tomorrow? Yeah, I am for some reason. <laughs> Watch out. 
he might end up in Harvard next year. Or not next year, two yeah. years from now. Yeah, next year, guys waiting early. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, listeners, good night and good luck. All right. Thank you for listening, if you did. Good night.